0: Welcome to the Burn Your Mortgage Podcast, I'm Sean Cooper and it's great to be back for another episode. On today's show, I'll be talking to Janine Rogan. Janine is a passionate finance professional and CPA. She's the founder of JanineRogan.com and runs her own YouTube channel. Over the years, she has dedicated countless hours to sharing her knowledge through writing and speaking and she's passionate about educating individuals and businesses about their money. Janine's also the host of the Pink Tax Podcast, a no-nonsense podcast tackling all things finance and feminism. In my interview with Janine, we discussed preparing ahead of time to buy a home, planning for a move, and what it's like going from being a renter to a homeowner. Without further ado, here's my interview with Janine Rogan. Hey Janine, how are you doing? Good. How are you, Sean? I'm doing great. Thank you. It's nice to have you back for a second time on the podcast. I like to call you my personal finance BFF.
1: Well, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here as always.
0: Awesome. Well, super excited to chat and certainly you've been busy on the real estate front as of late. So I thought it'd be a perfect time to bring you back to the podcast. Yes, uh, super excited to talk about your recent home buying experience.
1: Yeah, my husband and I have been living in our new home that we purchased for two months now, and it has been a process, definitely, and I'm sure we'll get into this, but it's taken us over a year to find a property that we wanted to purchase and live in.
0: A year definitely sounds like a long time, but if it makes you feel any better, it took me three years to buy properties.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, I guess I don't feel so bad anymore.
0: Great. Well, could you tell me a bit about your experience? buying a property i mean as mentioned it took me three years to buy a property but that was in toronto and it was a highly competitive real estate market so i was facing many bidding wars but perhaps you could just tell me about the experience from the point of when you actually decided that it was a good idea to buy a property to actually looking at the properties properties that you've made offers on and and then to the point of when you actually ended up buying your property
1: for sure. So for anyone that doesn't know I live in Calgary, Alberta, and there has been an economic downturn for the past number of years based on oil and gas prices. So we don't have what you have in Toronto, Sean, with the uh, the bidding wars. We actually are finding ourselves in a little bit of a buyer's market right now. So about a year ago, I think it was February 2018, my husband and I, we were having a glass of wine with my mom and looking at some properties on, I guess it was realtor.ca, She was a really big advocate for us getting into a home, I think, down the road. She obviously saw us, you know, having a family. And it was something we were thinking about as well. Um, The building we were renting in, it was actually a condo building in Calgary, was 18 plus. What that means is if you have children, you actually can't live there. And I think Alberta is actually the only province that has those regulations in place. I mean, thinking about that long-term was kind of stressful. So we did start to kind of look at the market and see what was going on. So that was the start of considering purchasing a home. As time went on, we saw a number of different properties. We saw a lot of properties. I think it was like 30 or 40. Because we were looking in a very specific area, we were focused on being walkable to downtown because I work downtown. We were kind of limited by price, obviously. And how many uh, properties there were that fit our criteria in that location there are a number of properties in these locations close to downtown that are you know a million dollars but that's not what we were looking at in our price range and wasn't something we were comfortable with purchasing so we looked at a number of properties we ended up putting in offers on actually I think it ended up being three or four and many of them actually like either declined our offers or said that they were too low and then came back to us months later saying that like, oh, just kidding. We actually want to take your offer, which was pretty funny because at that point on some of them we had moved on, but we actually had prior to the one we're in now, we had two offers go through, but we actually ended up backing out of both of those properties based on the inspection, which was pretty crazy. And then ultimately, we ended up taking possession of the house we live in now. It's actually a townhouse in April of this year. So yeah, just over a year to go from, you know, kind of starting to think about it, just starting to see properties and then backing out of a few and ultimately purchasing the one we live in now.
0: Wow, that seems like quite a journey. And I just wanted to touch on a couple points there. For sure. I've heard in certain real estate markets where it's slowed down that sellers of properties are being very stubborn, like they're not recognizing the fact that prices aren't as high as they used to be and they refuse to sell. It sounds like that might be the case in Calgary. I mean, do you have any recommendations for other people in markets like that, people that refuse to lower the price? I mean, is that kind of what you're seeing in Calgary? They just won't price their homes according to the current market?
1: Totally. I think a lot of people purchased maybe five or six or 10 years ago and they don't want to take a loss on their property, so they are being very stubborn. That being said, I think patience is really key when it comes to purchasing in these markets. One of the approaches we took was we'd usually lowball an offer to start out with and we'd, we'd go up to whatever we thought like was reasonable depending on how they were negotiating. But once we kind of hit our top number or what we thought was fair in this market for the homes we were purchasing, we held firm we would say like, this is our final number. And, you know, they would kind of push back and say like, well, what about this? What about this? And when we would say, you know, no, this is our final offer. This is what we believe it, it is worth. And they would say, well, no, that's too low. We would say, we would always tell our realtor like, okay, they can take one of their other offers. And they never had another offer because it, it is a slower market. And we would always actually tell our realtor to like pass along to their realtor that like if they are interested in a couple of weeks or a month or two, on that price than to to contact us. And hopefully we hadn't purchased another property at that point. And that ended up actually working out really well for us. We had three properties come back to us weeks and months later to renegotiate a lower price. Cause I think then it, it kind of realized that, you know, maybe they weren't going to be able to sell it.
0: Well, those are all great points that you've touched on. And something else I wanted to briefly touch on, you mentioned that you actually made offers on properties that were conditional on a home inspection, but when the home inspection ended up happening, I guess what you saw wasn't really that satisfactory. Perhaps you could kind of briefly talk about those two experiences or kind of the deal breakers for you in terms of those properties.
1: So the first, we really liked the property and we could see ourselves living there. And our inspector came in and he found mold in the garage. So it was only a four year old property. And he said, I can't say that this is black mold. So he didn't have like a testing kit. But he said, but it's black. And then he found water underneath the third floor. There was like a little uh, balcony door, and there was, he used his little water meter thing. And he found it was like fully saturated under the hardwood. So we knew that that would have had to have been ripped up because somehow water was getting in. And so we said to them, like, look, these are the two really big things that are going to cost a substantial amount of money if we, you know, purchase this property and take on this risk. So we said, you need to give us like $30,000 off because basically we would have had to rip up all the floor and kind of redo the drywall in the garage. And they weren't. Willing to budge, and we said, "All right," and walked away from it. And it was actually pretty funny because I still had the alerts on my email. They ended up selling that property for fifteen thousand dollars less than it would have been with us taking like the thirty thousand dollars off. Wow! Um, so they they really took a loss on that property. And then the second one, it wasn't one specific thing. It was just a lot of little things that kind of led our inspector to not have confidence in the property and also us. And the ins- inspection report ended up being 65 pages worth of things that needed to be fixed.
0: Holy cow. We,
1: we just felt that that was too much of a burden to take on for a new build. I agree. Yeah. like That would have been, cost us tens of thousands of dollars and you know we're already purchasing a new build. So it's in the six figures for sure. And we just didn't feel like that would that it was worth it so we walked from that property too and it was hard but I think we dodged a bullet on both of those properties
0: no I agree I mean certainly builder reputation is everything when you're buying a new build and if that many things is wrong with a property four years in then that's just kind of a red herring that things are probably going to be breaking down at that pace later on as well
1: and one of the things in the second property was there was like a tub with a I guess like a jet if that makes sense And it was stuck in the on position. If you would have gone in the tub, you would have like gotten electrocuted, our inspector said. So it was like little things like that, That I mean, you could fix it, but like, why was there no care taken? So I think for sure you need to look at the big things, but also if you're getting a general sense of being uneasy with multiple little things, I think that you should listen to your gut there as well.
0: No, I agree completely because... If you're seeing stuff like that that's wrong with the property, it's not like your inspector can take a sledgehammer and start bashing out the walls and there could be things wrong with the house that you can't even see. So I definitely think you made a good decision there and dodged a bullet, so to speak.
1: Yeah, like what else is wrong with
0: it? Exactly. Maybe it's not the case with that property, but if you see somebody doing like handyman special and fixing everything themselves and the renovations are all poorly done, what else is going to go wrong with the property? That's kind of my perspective on Some properties yeah, like that. I totally so. agree with that. Great. Well, I definitely want to touch on your experience and talk in depth about the townhouse that you bought. But quickly before that, can you tell us a bit about how you prepared ahead of time in terms of shopping for a mortgage, both coming up with your list of criteria of what you were looking for? And you talked a bit about location as well as how you got prepared ahead of time in terms of the financing for mortgage.
1: We had a bit of a weird situation. At the time of getting pre-approved, my husband was actually employed by a company in the United States. So he was actually being paid in US dollars, which can actually be fairly tricky. And I didn't know this because he was technically being paid in a foreign currency. So we had a few extra hoops to jump through on that front. And we worked with a mortgage broker here in Calgary that was recommended to us. And he really brought to our attention that it's not necessarily always about the absolute lowest percentage point you want to make sure you have you know the ability to make extra payments if you have the ability or want to do so or if you need to I think it's port the mortgage either a different property or different province. So having some flexibility there. And I I would really, I, I think I could have probably fiddled my way through some of the mortgage stuff, just being a CPA. But it was really nice actually to have someone kind of handle that piece of it for us because there was so much else going on with obviously the inspection and the appraisal and all this other stuff. So that was really nice. In terms of a list of home buying kind of needs and wants, for us, location was the absolute must. We were not even looking in neighborhoods that were 30-minute drive to downtown. And then probably after that, it was a property that we didn't really have to do anything to. We're both so busy in our lives that we wanted something. It was pretty much, you know, maybe there's a few things we need to add or change, but it was pretty much all done. And so I don't know if there was like specific things for us. Like I need a granite countertop, but it was more like lifestyle things for us, which is a little bit weird. I guess when you're looking at homes, we wanted three bedrooms at least. And that is probably really all that was on our list. Maybe an open kitchen, open floor plan.
0: Well, at least you didn't have like a laundry list of 100 things. I mean, being like a first time home buyer myself, I quickly realized that you have to be willing to compromise on certain things. Certainly like a safe neighborhood and within walking distance of your work, if that's important to you, then certainly those are key things that you might not want to compromise on. But I mean, if you have a list of like 50 or 60 things, then you're probably going to be looking for a very long time to find a property with all of them. So seems like you got that message right away.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I guess like things that are nice to have were like big windows, lots of light. I do like a good bathtub. So having a nice bathtub, which we did end up with. So I'm happy about that. But I mean, I wouldn't have died if we didn't have that. But it is a nice to have as opposed to like a need to have for us was location.
0: Are you like my girlfriend who needs to have a a sauna? (laughs)
1: You know, we don't have a sauna, no. I would love a steam shower, maybe one day. I think those things are expensive.
0: Maybe on your next property. (laughs) Yeah. Great, well, speaking of the property that you ended up buying, the townhouse, what was it like to find the property you ended up buying and was it love at first sight? I mean, when I got my property initially, I knew that this was the property I wanted to have, but maybe you could tell us about that experience for you.
1: Sure. My husband and I have a bit of a weird relationship with inanimate objects. I will never say, I don't think I've said it so far on this podcast, but I'll never say I love my house, just like I don't love my car or I don't love a purse or a bed. Maybe I love my bed, I don't know. I find it strange to have love as a feeling for something that's not living. And that's a whole nother conversation to get into, but we were actually visiting a property down the street and there was just something about it that wasn't speaking to my husband. He was kind of just like, ah, like there's nothing wrong with this property. I just, I just don't see us living here. I don't, there's just something that's not sitting right with me. And he goes, I, you know, I kind of like those townhouses down the street better. And so I was like, okay, sure. Whatever we left. And I, maybe I was a little frustrated cause I was like, been at this for almost a year. Can we just like find a property already that we both are okay with and that isn't, you know, built terribly? And so we asked our realtor about these townhouses and they weren't done at the time. They were pretty close. So, you know, we, we waited it out. We were so patient. I think it was a few weeks or a month later. It was to the point where everything was 90% done. And so we were actually able to tour it and get a a good idea of what everything would look like because I I did find it challenging. Some of the new builds we would look at, they didn't even have drywall up. And so it was very challenging to be able to visualize what it would actually be like to live in there. So we wanted to make sure that we could actually tour around and kind of get a feel for what it would be like and start to envision some of our furniture and some of the rooms And so when we walked in, I immediately liked how bright it was and how light the rooms were. So that was definitely a positive. And I think through our inspection process and our inspector was so great. He would like explain and teach us things to look for. We had picked up a lot of things as well. And so I think we were also really paying attention to things that make a property good versus bad other than aesthetic. And that was helpful as well. So I think when we walked out of the property, we had a lot more confidence in liking that property as opposed to when we had in the past, if that makes sense.
0: No, Totally, because as a first-time home bar, it can be easily for your attention to be drawn to stuff like, oh, it has old carpeting I need to replace or... You know, I don't like the colors of the wall or whatnot. Yeah. You know, one of the bedrooms is colored green. That's horrible. I'm not going to consider it. But it's really the expensive things like the windows, the roof, the furnace. Those are the bones of the house that matter that you need to look at because those can be the big things that you cost. I mean, in terms of tearing out carpets or painting walls, that's really insignificant at, at the end of the day. So yeah, definitely pay totally. you know, attention to the big ticket items because if you're seeing a property at night and you don't notice that the shingles are all peeling off, you know, replacing a roof is thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars. Definitely pay attention to stuff like that. That that's what I at least learned in my experience as a first-time home buyer.
1: Yeah. And one of the things our inspector pointed out to us too was the heating and return vents. In some rooms, like Calgary gets quite cold in the winter, in some of the properties, they would be almost like not up to code or placed in spots that would make it so that the property wasn't heated very well. And when we would see that in other properties, it kind of gave us that sense of non-confidence because it's like if they're not building it to be efficient with heat And it's a new build, you know, kind of that what else is wrong mentality. And so, I mean, that was one thing that stood out to us in this property as we we toured around and we were noticing the heat and return vents were actually all in the correct places that our inspector had told us. So that really gave us, it's a weird little thing, but it gave us a decent amount of confidence, actually, that the property was built properly.
0: That's uh, great to hear. And just so that I understand, was there any sort of like, I was going to ask you how the offer process Went, But since this was a new build, perhaps you could tell us and and the listeners a bit about how the process went, because they might not be familiar with how that went. And was there any negotiating? And how did that all go? Because I mean, I don't have any personal experience buying a new build. So I'm sure the listeners would be interested in that as well.
1: So we actually negotiated like we would have on any other property. There were two realtors involved. The builder had hired a realtor to sell all four of the units in this, this little townhouse complex. It's a fourplex. And so we, we put in a lowball offer and he said, like, that's way too low. And came back down $5,000 off the list price. And we were like, "Okay, hey, you're being ridiculous. So we kind of went back and forth, not very much on either end. We were actually getting on a plane to go to Palm Springs and we said... This is our final offer. This is it. This is what we're willing to pay for it. You can take it or leave it. They hadn't sold any units in the fourplex yet, and we were boarding the plane. And I looked down at my phone, and our realtor had texted us saying, like, "Nope, they—they're not willing to budge. No, it's a no-go." And so I don't know. Maybe we were a little bit disappointed, but we landed in Palm Springs, and we met up with my husband's parents. And a couple hours later, they had already come back and lowered their price by another $10,000. And so at this point we were, I think, $20,000 off or $15,000 off. And so they lowered their price and our realtor said, okay, do you want to counter? And we held firm. We said, no, like we gave our final offer. Final means final. We're not budging. They came down another 5,000. And at this point, I think we were, you know, within $10,000 or something like that. And he asked us again, like, do you want to counter? Do you want to just split the difference? And we said, no, this is our final offer. Wow, and you're a
0: tough negotiator.
1: I, I, part of me, like on that, when people say, oh, you're a tough negotiator, you should just split the difference. When we say, or when I say something is final, and then I go back on my word, to me, that's telling the other person I'm negotiating against that I'm not actually serious when I say that something is final. And so that is why we held so firmly on that final, because when it came to working through other details of the deal, appliances for the unit, getting things fixed and updated before we moved in, we wanted them to take us seriously. And when we say this is final or this is what needs to be done, they are taking us seriously and actually doing and delivering on those things. I think at one point we were $5,000 apart and I could tell our realtor was maybe not thrilled with us and we were negotiating air conditioning because we wanted air conditioning put in. And he said, I'll give you air conditioning, but you have to pay $5,000 more for the unit. And we had done our homework, thank goodness, as to like what air conditioning would cost to be put in. And it was around $4,000, so pretty close to the $5,000. But we also wanted the control to be able to choose what type of air conditioner and the company that put it in. Again, we went back to them and said, no, like this is our final offer. And I kind of looked at my husband and I said, they're stupid not to take it. We're within $5,000 now. I'm sure other people thought we were crazy for not bumping up our offer at all once we had said that that was our final offer. But I think we ended up with like $35,000 off the list price on a new build that I actually didn't think was too badly priced. And for context, our next door neighbor, she's in the unit beside us, paid $25,000 more than us. It all worked out. It was a little bit of a tense process, but we also knew that we had time on our side. And from a business standpoint, we also knew that for the builder, inventory is expensive to hold on to. So he's going to want to sell it and get that cash back. I guess that was our experience. We just really held firm once we gave our final offer, and that was the end of that.
0: Wow, what a great story. Thanks so much for sharing with me. Yeah, no worries. Moving on to that, I mean, I'm sure that you celebrated this great moment, but then you were probably like, Holy cow, now I've got to plan a move, and it sounds like you have a busy schedule already. So, could you tell me a bit about? the moving process and whether you got rid of furniture at your old place, bought furniture for the new place and uh, any moving tips that you're able to share?
1: So my biggest moving tip is hire movers. That is the best thing we've ever done. We ended up getting possession to our current home kind of two weeks before the last day in our rental property. So we had two weeks of overlap. I wanted to do a deep clean. We wanted to get the furnace cleaned just because obviously there had been a lot of sawdust in the unit when they were building it. And I wanted to paint a couple of walls and it's always easier to paint when there's no furniture in there. So we had a couple of weeks to go ahead and do that. So the first week was kind of cleaning and painting. And then we did start to move things over in banker's boxes kind of. We would do, we have an SUV, so we would do like one load a night of bankers boxes of like little things that we could put in rooms. And then kind of the day of, we had a fantastic moving company here in Calgary that was so efficient and moved all of our stuff within a couple hours. And we had some family members helping us kind of clean the old place as things were getting moved out. And we also had family members here helping unpack things once they were kind of delivered here. So, I guess, enlist all your friends and family and definitely hire movers. It's a lot less stress for everyone. And of course, always celebrate with pizza and beer.
0: Yes, that's what I was going to say. It's definitely well worth the money to celebrate with pizza and beer and just thank everyone for their effort because I'm sure they'll want you to repay the favor one day as well. So
1: for sure, for sure.
0: Great. And quickly, I just wanted to touch on this. Everybody, you know, has this experience themselves. Everyone else starts out as a renter of Eventually, I would imagine, but perhaps you could just tell me about the adjustment going from like a renter to a property owner. I mean, being a renter, you just typically have the rent to pay and you might pay a share of the utilities, but being a homeowner, as you know, there can be a lot more expenses. There's the mortgage, property taxes, I would imagine maintenance fees. I I don't know whether you have to pay hydro separately, and there's repairs and maintenance as well. So perhaps you could tell me about like any sort of planning that you did ahead of time? Like, did you do a mock budget? And if so, I mean, were the expenses when you're actually seeing them, were they kind of in line with what you thought or were there any like surprises or anything that you didn't expect or is owning property like as expensive as you thought it would be?
1: So I think we found it was as expensive as we were kind of estimating. We did make a budget and we knew exactly what we thought condo fees would be. And that was also something that we wanted to make sure we were reviewing the condo docs before purchasing the property, which is something that everyone should do. Home is definitely more expensive than renting the property we were renting. But when we looked at Renting a similar property in the area that we're in, it actually in Calgary was more expensive to rent a property of the exact same kind of build and location. We are responsible for our utilities, all of them, as well as obviously our mortgage, our condo fees, our property taxes. That is one thing with a new build I will mention. I did not know, but your property taxes kind of get, I don't wanna say reassessed, but like because the city had assessed them when it was half built, they came around and we've actually just found ourselves with a $1,600 property tax bill for 10 months of this year. So the builder will be responsible for a portion of that and we will be responsible for a portion of that as well. But that is something that can happen with a new build is they reassess based on the build being finished Uh, So that was kind of a little bit of an unexpected expense, but I think overall $1,600 in the grand scheme of things isn't crazy. Moving from a renter to a homeowner has been interesting. I kind of liked the renting where I just transfer a certain amount of money and I don't actually have to worry about things where I think I'm a little more paranoid, especially with my white countertops. As a homeowner, I don't want anyone to spill anything on them. I think maybe a little bit more stress with that. One other thing that I will mention is we actually did have a tiny bit of water come into our uh, bedroom balcony door. We caught it right away and we called our builder. And because it is a new build, it's under warranty for the first year for everything. And he was so fantastic, which is another great reason why you want to have, I guess, a good relationship. And for the builder, if you are buying a new build, to respect you. Because he came over here. They've already been up on the roof twice to fix where they thought there was a little staple that had caused a tiny little bit of a leak but uh, they will be replacing the entire door frame as well as they had pulled up the carpet and and were fixing anything under there for us. And they were really quick about it. So could be something obviously it's covered for us and it's not an unexpected expense, but it was just one more thing I guess, to worry about. So definitely with homeownership, I would say there's obviously more of a financial burden, but there's also more of an emotional burden as well.
0: I couldn't have summed it up any better than that, Janine. Well, It's been great having you on the show. Before I let you go, is there anything of interest that you're working on that you'd like to share with our listeners? And I hear you have a new podcast, so be sure to mention that as well.
1: Absolutely. For everyone that's listening, you can find my writing as well as my YouTube channel on JanineRogan.com, as well launching on September 17th. My girlfriend and I here in Calgary are going to be launching a feminist and finance podcast that will be called the Pink Tax Podcast. So please feel free to check that out. If you head over to PinkTaxPodcast.com, you can subscribe for updates before it launches. And once it launches, please feel free to subscribe to it on Spotify and iTunes.
0: I like the name, try saying that three times fast though.
1: I know it's a little bit of a, a mouthful there, but we're very excited about launching it and talking about all things feminism and all things money.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of the Burn Your Mortgage podcast. Besides being a podcast host, I'm also an independent mortgage broker. If you or anyone you know, family, friends, coworkers, or neighbors could ever use any unbiased mortgage advice or second opinion feel free to reach out email me at Sean that's S E a n at BurnYourMortgage.ca, or call or text me at 647-867-3711 for a free mortgage consultation also be sure to head on over to www.burnyourmortgage.ca and sign up for my free weekly newsletter. As a small token of my appreciation, you'll be able to download my ultimate mortgage checklist on choosing the perfect mortgage. I look forward to hearing from you and helping you with all your mortgage needs. Once again, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Burn Your Mortgage Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and leave a rating. Until next time, happy mortgage burning.